Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Chagiga Daf Vav. <coughs> we are starting on the very, very last line of Daf Hamid Beis, and on the very last line of the two dots, it quotes a statement from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah, of course, had been discussing the Mishnah on Daf Beis at the beginning of the Masechta, in the beginning of the Parak, was talking about the uh, relevant uh, stakeholders for the mitzvah of Re'iya of Yerei'ek Kol Zechurcha. So there the Mishnah quoted a machlokas be Shamai Beshilal, and this is a piece of it. A child who is therefore exempt is defined as one who's not even able to sit on his father's shoulders in order to get from Yerushalayim to Harabais. The Gemara opens with a very practical question. That's great, but who got the kid to Yerushalayim in the first place? If you live in Bnei Brak, or if you live in Tel Aviv, or if you live in Beersheva, or Elad, how did you get to Yerushalayim in the first place? You're, you're measuring the kid's walking abilities or sitting on the shoulders from Yerushalayim. He had to get there. They had to get there. They weren't taking Eged buses back in the day. So the Gemara says, turning to the top of man asye, who brought him up until this point? It must be because the mother has an obligation, has a chiv as it relates to the mitzvah of simcha. So therefore, I see say the mother must have schlepped him from home to Yerushalayim. And then at that point, once they get to the to the perimeter of Yerushalayim, then we trigger the machlokas beishamai beishilal about what the thresholds are for defining a katan about getting from Yerushalayim to the beishamikdash. In order to get some parameters on this simcha in which a woman is chayv, take a look at Rashi on the third line: mechayva besimcha laalos laregel v'lismach bechagim baila to go up on the chag to be happy on the chag with her husband. De al simcha nitztavu nashim. Women are also commanded to have simcha dechsiv besamachta. Ata uvesecha. And Vesecha, we know throughout Shas, has had a reference to an Isha, to a person's wife, and therefore she has an obligation. Mikan va'elach, line three of the Gemara. And then once you get to Yerushalayim, from here on in, up to the Beis HaMikdash, if he's able to hold the hand of his father to get from Yerushalayim to Harabais, then the child is going to be obligated. Uh, albeit Midrabanan, granted he's a child. And ve'ilo, pater, and if not, he's going to be exempt. So that's part one of the Gemara. Now, our Mishnah had framed out this machlokas between Beishamah and Beishillel, that Beishamah used the parameter of being able to ride on his father's shoulders, Beishillel used the parameter of holding his hand. So says the Gemara five lines down, Heishiv Rebbe, Tachas Beishillel, Ladibri Beishamah. Rebbe, speaking on behalf of Beishillel, posed a question to Beishamah. What do we know about uh, Sefer Shmuel? Vechana lo also she did not go up to Shalayim Chana ki amrali isha she said to her husband Adigamel hanar vahaviyasiv my child has to be weaned first he's still nursing and I have to make sure that he can be self sufficient and then I'll bring him so it says the Gemara vahashmuel the yachal dirkov al kseifor shalaviv hava he could have easily sat on his father's shoulders nevertheless we see that he wasn't brought and therefore we see that Beishamai has to be wrong because Beishamai Beishamai uses the parameter uses the parameter of being on someone's shoulders. So apparently Shmuel, while he was still not yet weaned, was able to sit on someone's shoulders for the length of time it took to get from the perimeter of Yushalayim to Tahara Bayis. So it says the Gemara that Rebbe, who was arguing on behalf of Basilel, his father said to him, Amar Avua, Rebbe's father said to him, you're asking a good a good kasha, but let's take it a step further. According to your logic, why are you asking only about the kid? We know that she has a chiv in simcha, like we learned on the second line of the Gemara, the mechayv ime besimcha. So says the Gemara, Ella, it must be that Chana bevankusa yeserta chazia be She saw a certain uh, delicate nature, a certain 
weak, uh, weak constitution, as it were, of Shmuel, and therefore Bechasha baby Shmuel, she was worried about him, that because it'll be a very taxing road for them to get from where they lived until uh, Yerushalayim, and therefore she held him back. And the Gemara ends on this note, and basically what we see is that there are exemptions to the mitzvah of, of Chinuch, of, of a mitzvah der Abanan for a katan. And if the... Uh, just in this context, at least, if the mitzvah der will be so taxing to the point that the child will not feel well, so then they would be, would be exempt. Uh, what would be the halachic difference? You know, how far do you have to walk for shofar for a child? Whatever the, the case may be, we might be able to make some applications from this Gemara to those cases. 12 lines down or so. Bayrub Shimon. What about a child who has an injured leg or injured legs, according to Beishamai, and Visuma and a blind child, according to both Beishamai and Beishilal Mahu? Now, remember the reason why the first case, the reason why the first question is uh, is only according to Beishamai, is because Beishamai's parameter is whether or not he can sit on someone's shoulders. So a person can be a chigir; they can have an injured leg and still have the capacity to sit. So therefore, the Gemara asks the question the way that it did. In regards to a child that has injured legs, only according to Beishamai, what would the din be? And according to a child who's blind, can't see at all, what would the halacha be? Asks the Gemara, hey, what's the metzias of the case? Quarter of the way down. If you have a chigir, a lame, someone who's injured, and he's not curable, uh, he's a quadriplegic, or or someone who's blind who will never be able to see again, permanent damage. There we know that a gadol is exempt under those circumstances. So if that's the case, then there can't possibly be a mitzvah for the katan. Katan mibaya, all the more so we would not need that. So says the Gemara, what therefore must be the case? It must be that we're talking about a case where there is a physical injury on the legs that can be healed or blindness that is only temporary. My, what then would be the halacha? In such a case, Abaye answers as follows, a third of the way down, in any case in which we have a scenario, a medical issue, in which a gadol, an, an adult, a fully grown adult, would still be chayv in the, whatever mitzvah we're dealing with, in this case with simcha, with aliyah l'regel, then katanami mechan Then we have a mitzvah derabanan of chinuch for that child. So again, if the adult has a din doraisa of the mitzvah, the child has chinuch derabanan. But kol heicha de gadol pater midoraisa. But where you have that an adult is exempt midoraisa because of his medical issues, midorabanan katanami pater, then even... Then, then even a child would have nothing to do under those circumstances. We don't look at a mitzvah derabanan status of an adult mm-hmm. for a mitzvah that is doraisa and say, therefore, the katan is derabanan. No, we just outright exempt the child. So therefore, a child who has any of these medical issues of being blind or um, of having some injuries in the leg, even if they're only temporary, we would not then say that he is a chayv in the mitzvah midrabanan of chinuch of doing aliyah l'regel. We had said a very interesting machlokas in our mission about the cost of the korbanos, and we saw there was a, there was a machlokas where Beishamai had said, Beishamai omim ha-ri'iyah, that the korban re'iyah was shtei kesef, and that the halacha by the chagigah is that they were half, and the, uh, the, the Beishamai had the, Beishelel had the reverse. Now let's learn this b'risa over here, similar information to our Mishnah, uh, just about halfway down at the two dots, and then we'll uh, expand this into a full conversation about korbanos. Tan Rabbanon, Beishamai omim ha-ri'iyah shtei kesef, that when it comes to the korbanos of Olas Ri'i and Shalmei Chagiga, the Olas Ri'i is worth two units of silver, and the korban Chagiga is, is worth half, only one unit of silver. Why is it that the Ri'i is worth more? Because a korban that is the Olas Ri'i, that is a fully consumed korban on the Mizbeach, it's all Legavoa, therefore it must be that it's more expensive. 
Okay, the Odin furthermore says the Gemara, Matsinu be'atzeres, we also find in regards to the halachos of Shavuos, Shariba be'enakasu be'olos yosr mi'bishlamim, we also see that when it comes to korbanos on Shavuos, that there are more korbanos of, of an ola than there are of a shlamim. So therefore we see a kadimus, we see some precedents in the Torah where an ola has a greater level of chashivus than a shlamim. That's all of the backdrop for Shitas Beishamai. That's why he held that in regards to the price status of the olas re'iyah relative to the that the Olas Re'iyah must be more money. However, Beis Hillel argued, Beis Hillel omrim kasef, the Chagiga kasef, it's the opposite. The, shal, the Olas Re'iyah is one unit of silver, and the Shalmei Chagiga is two units of silver. Why did Beis Hillel give preferential treatment to the, to the, to the uh, Korban Chagiga, to the Shalmei Chagiga? Shechagiga yeshna lifne hadibor, because we have actually a circumstance in Torah where the Shalmei Chagiga existed before the, before the Dibor, before the Torah came along, says the Gemara, it says Rashi, excuse me, Rashi's halfway down, an inch above where we are, Dibur HaMaschel, Yeshna, Lifnei HaDibur, Kodem Matan Torah, Hikrivu Shlamim Besinai, that before, before we had the episode of Matan Torah, uh, a Shalmei Chagig was already brought, and then the Gemara continues, Masha'ein Kein Biri'iyah, so Beis Hillel has a different argument altogether. He says that we have preferential treatment for the Shalmei Chagiga because uniquely that showed its face before Matan Torah and therefore there must be something special about it. And furthermore, says Beis Hillel, another reason to say like I do, says Beis Hillel, that the Korban Chagiga should be more money. Matzinu binisim, we find by the Nisim, Shariba bishlamim we see that the Korbanos by the Nisim, that there were more Shlamim than there were Olos. So obviously we have a variety of uh, machlokos here, a variety of ideas, I should say, between Beishamai and Beishelel. Not all of them agree with one another, and we're going to have to smooth out all of the wrinkles between them. So let's get into why it is that one doesn't hold like the other. It says the Gemara a little bit more than halfway down, almost two-thirds of the way down. Ubeishelel, my time alo amre kibeishamai. Why is it that Beis Hillel, who holds that the Shalmei Chagiga should be more expensive than the Ola Asriya, why doesn't he hold like Beis Shammai? So we had said in the Gemara, after all, the Ka'amris Re'iya Adifa to Ola Kula Legvoa, Adaraba Chagiga Adifa to Ispeshte Achilos. Beis wanted to argue against Beis Hillel that the Ola Asriya is better because it's Kula Legvoa. Beis Hillel says that's not the right argument. The right argument is a double usage of this korban. A chagiga is better because part of it goes to shamayim and part of it goes to people. One is up to heaven and one is down here on earth. That's better than one that's kula legvoa. So they just have a general machlokas about what type of korban is better. A, better, a, a korban that's only consumed by Hashem, which is Beis Shammai's approach, or Beis Hillel's approach, no, it's better when it's eaten by two people. And then when we look at the machlokas, when we look at the argument of Beis Shammai, and when Beis Shammai wanted to argue, I know why in Olas Re'i is more, because on Atzeres there's more uh, Olos than there are Shlamim, says, says Beis Hillel back to him, that's not a good argument at all. Done in Korban Yachid, mi Korban Yachid. We need to be learning about a Korban Chagiga from another Korban Yachid. They ain't done in Korban Yachid, mi Korban Sibor. And we cannot learn it from the Korbanos of Atzeres, of Shavuos, which are actually Korbanos Sibor. And therefore, Beis Hillel circumvents both of the questions of Beis Shammai. What about on the other side? Why is it that Beis Shammai doesn't agree to Beis Hillel? Beis Shammai, my time Amre, ke Beis um, so they answer as follows. The reason why Beis Shammai holds the way they do is as follows. When Beis Hillel said to Ka'amris Chagiga Adifa Diyashna Lifnei Adibur, when Beis Hillel used the argument, oh, we see that before Matan Torah, there was a Korban Chagiga, says the Gemara, Re'iyanami Yeshna Lifnei Adibur. 
it's not just the Korban Chagiga that we also have a we also have an Olas Re'iyah that was brought there, and we're going to learn about this more in a minute. And what about Beis Hillel's second argument? If you want to say that we should learn from the Nesim that the Chagiga is more Chashev and there were more Korbanos Shlomim than there were Olos by the Nesim, done in Davar Hanoheg Ledoros, me Davar Hanoheg Ledoros. We need to learn Korban Chagiga from something that lasts forever. But what happened by the Nesim is Ve'en done in Davar Hanoheg Ledoros, me Davar Sheinonoheg Ledoros. We're not allowed to learn about a Korban Chagiga from something that was a that was a flash in the pan, a once historical event of all the korbanos of the Nesim. So Beishamai doesn't like the way the Beis Hillel is learning. Oh, we're going to learn from the Nesim. You can't learn anything from the Nesim. It's a one-off in history, and therefore it has no precedence in halacha. Then the Gemara asks a very important question. It's a question that uh, is a sore thumb. It's a, a really a hard question for Beis Hillel. Remember, Beis Hillel had said that the reason why he holds that the Shalmei Chagiga are more important was because there was a Korban Chagiga that was brought before Matan Torah. Beis Shammai pushed back and said, there was also an Olas Re'iyah. Why are you saying that it's only the Shalmei Chagiga that were brought before Matan Torah? So this is the question the Gemara is asking Beis Hillel. Or why is it that when you looked at the Pasuk in Chumash Beis Hillel, you said, oh, I see there's Shalmei Chagiga that existed before Matan Torah. How did we know? Oh, so that's a Shlomim. We see that that was before Matan Torah. Basically, the Gemara is asking a black on white question to Beis Hillel. You can't just take half the Pasuk. If you're telling me, Beis Hillel, that the Pasuk indicates from the word Zvachim Shlamim, uh, that therefore there was Shalmei Chagiga prior to Matan Torah, you also have to read the rest of the Pasuk that says, Vayalu Olos, that there were also Olos, which is Olas Re'iyah. So how do you ignore that? Answers the Gemara, and this is going to get us into the conversation for the next uh, Amud of Gemara. Kosabre Beis Hillel, they were of the opinion that Ola Sheikrivu Yisrael Midbar. When the pasuk says Vayalu Olos, as it relates to the Jews when they were in the Midbar, that wasn't talking about Olas Reiya, Olas Tamid Havoi. That was talking about the parsha, the korban tamid that was brought every day. Tamid shel shachar, tamid shel ben harbaim, and therefore, when the pasuk says Vayalu Olos, that wasn't talking about Olas Reiya. Was? Always coming. So last, tell me. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Yeah. Why are you saying that about today? Oh, from the word tummy. Oh, oh. Yeah, that was a good word in there. Yeah, I was there for that. I was learning Dafyomi, so I didn't hear the whole thing, but uh, it's a beautiful deal. Tell me later. So then says the Gemara, oh, beautiful. So Beis Hillel gets out of the pickle. All right? He was presented with this Shiloh. The Pasuk says, how do you say that it wasn't Olas Riyah? He says it was Olas Tamid. It was a different korban altogether. So therefore, the only korbanos that were brought prior to uh, Matan Torah, as it relates to Achag, was Shalmei Chagiga. Shamai, what does Beis Shammai hold? Beis Shammai says that when the Pasuk says, Sabre, they hold that Olas Sheikribu Yisram Bamidbar, Olas Riyah Havoy. Taka, it was an Olas Riyah. Fine. Fine. And now the Gemara paints a picture of a long-standing machlokas, three against three, within the world of the Tanoim. Omar Abai. Abai presents the three shitas on one side. Beishamai v'Rabbi Elazar v'Rabbi Shmuel. Really, Beishamai is a is a Tana. The other two are Amoraim. Uh, no, they're not. Rabbi Shmuel. No, that's not correct. It's got to be Rabbi Eliezer. No, is that changed? Yes. Yeah, should be. It should be Eliezer. Yeah, it has to be Eliezer. That makes more sense. Beishamai v'Rabbi Eliezer v'Rabbi Shmuel. These three Tanaim were all of the opinion. Kulhu svirulhu Ola sheikrivu Yisrael b'Midbar Ola sriya havoy. 
they held that it was an olas re'iya, and the other side, uves hilov rabbi akiba rabbi yosi aglili kulu spirulu olas sheik rabbi shabbat midbar olas tamid havoi. So just a machlokas, we don't know historically what was taking place in the midbar prior to matan Torah. When the Torah says va'yalu olas, were they talking about the olas tamid? We don't know. Or instead, were they talking about the olas re'iya that took place on particular holidays on the shalosh regal? We don't know. It's a big machlokas, a big chasm, three against three, the three rabbis against the three rabbis. And now we're going to learn. Sources for all six of their opinions, the three on one side and the three on the other. Let's start with the camp of Beishamai. The camp of Beishamai is that when we said by Ya'alu Alos, it's referring to Olas Tamid, it's talking about the part of the Korbanos Tamid, says the Gemara Beishamai Hade Amran. That was his explicit source that we just saw right here. We know that he holds that it's. Um, that the Vaya'alu Olos is referring to Olas Tamid. What about Rabbi Shmuel? We'll see soon that this is not a simple shita. Rabbi Shmuel, the Tanya, the Mishnah writes, the Brisa writes, Rabbi Shmuel, Omer, Klolos Namru Sinai. General rules were said on Har Sinai. However, not all of the halachos were listed at Har Sinai. Upratos, more of the details, were listed Ohel Moed. Very different. That's when the Jews built the Mishkan. And therefore, there was a lapse in time between when they learned the Klolos at Har Sinai and when they learned the Pratos by Ohel Moed. So therefore, um, uh, Rashi goes into the details of the history a little bit based on the Pesukim, but therefore, as we'll see soon, Rabbi Shmuel will be of the opinion that it was obviously not the Korban HaTamid, and we'll get there shortly. Rabbi Akiva, Omer, Rabbi Akiva argues against Rabbi Shmuel and says, Rabbi Akiva was of the opinion that at Har Sinai, both Klalos and Pratos were listed at Sinai. Benishnu, they were repeated in Ohel Moed. Benishtalshu, they were said a third time by Arvos Moed. Now, the Isal Kedaitach, Ola Shehikribu Yisrael Bemidbar Olas Tamid Havoi. If you want to say that that which was brought in the base, uh, that which was brought in the desert was about the Olas Tamid, we have an inherent problem with saying that. Because according to Rabbi Shmuel, who says that the clothes were taught at Har Sinai, and the protests were taught at a later time. Could it be that there was ever a scenario that in the beginning, right after Har Sinai, when they were bringing korbanos, we would not have had to do the korban tamid with hafshet benituach, with skinning the animal and cutting it into pieces? Why would that have happened? Because that's not in the klalos of the Torah. That's in the protos of the Torah. So therefore, if right in between Har Sinai and Oel Moed, according to Rabbi Shmuel, where only the klalos were taught on Har Sinai, then the way that the Korban Tamid would have been brought was without Hefshid Benituach. Ula the Sof, and at a later point, once we got to the time and history of Oel Moed, when all the details were shared, boy, Hefshid Benituach. It can't be. It can't be that when it says, Vayya'alu Olos, that it's talking about the, the Korban HaTamid. Because if so, there would be a time in history where we did it without Hefshid Benituach right after Har Sinai, before Ohel Moed. And then after Ohel Moed, and even before Arvos Moab, we would have been doing this even with Hefshev Benituach. And the Gemara can't fathom a possibility where the Korban Atami was brought in two different ways over the course of history. Therefore, it must be that when the Pasuk says by Ya'alu Olos, it wasn't talking about the Parashas Atamid, the Korban Atamid, it was talking about what Rabbi Shmuel holds, which is that we are talking about Olas Re'iya. And Rabbi Eliezer, should say Rabbi Eliezer, Titania, what does the Pasuk say? Olas tamid bahar sinai. That's what the Pasuk says. And let's see how we explain this. Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Yes, it's correct. The actions were taught to us at Har Sinai, but we did not even start doing the Korban HaTamid at all during that period of time in history. So we have a three-way machloka as between the Tanaim here as to what happened post-Har Sinai. Option number one is that the korbanos was, Korban was not brought at all. That's Shita Rabbi Akiva that we just learned. Option number two is a Shita of Rabbi Akiva above. 
Um, sorry, that was a sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer says it was not brought at all. Rabbi Akiva Omer Karva Veshuv Lo Paska. It was brought at that time without any hesitations. And the third sheet that we saw earlier was Rabbi Shmuel that it was brought the wrong way in the beginning without Hefshit Benituach and then later with Hefshit Benituach. Anyways, that substantiates the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. Elamani Mekayim, what then do I understand from the Pasuk of Hazvachim Umincha Yigashtim Liba Midbar Bayim Shana Beis Yisrael? How can you say, Rabbi Eliezer, that Vihi Atzmalo Karva, that we didn't bring the Korban? How, how, how can that? be possible. The Pasuk says, You brought me a korban for 40 years. How can you tell me that there was no korban brought? So says the Gemara. You're right. That's a great question. The Gemara responds, You're right. Most of Klai Yisrael Taka did not bring it because they were of the Avodah Zara. Uh, bad news for the Jews. But over here, we had some tzaddikim. We had the Shevet Levi. Any, any representatives of the Levi tribe in the room? Not the obvious. He's a he's a, a, he's a coin. What? I'm a Suffolk lady. A Suffolk lady. Wow. Didn't even know that was a thing. Okay. Do you get lady leaves? You don't. Do you get Israel? Lady in my dad's ksuba, but then it was it was crossed out, and then we we had a so that we are a Levian, but it was from someone who's not Shomer Shabbos, so it's a, it's a Suffolk lady. Wow. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, Very fitting for you, Joe, because that's what she thinks is Sal. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in here anymore. This is a, I know what a basketball. He's my coach. Danny was my coach back in the day. We'll discuss that another time. Okay. Anyways, that's what the Gemara says about the Shita. Uh, in the Gemara that holds that how can you say that no korbanos tamid were brought? Hare the pasuk says that that korban was brought. The answer is only shevet levi brought it because they were still righteous. Hainhi kribuosa. All right, let's go. That's a mood killer right there. What? That's a mood killer. The gods call you saw in the midbar. Eleven out of the twelve tribes, done for. Not most of the time, just until I go home. The golden calf. <laughs> no, I, of course, but we're talking about in the midbar for those forty years. Four years. The only people who brought the korban tamid were, were the yeah, no one else was rowed. It does beg a larger question of chiyuv. Like, how do you fulfill? Did they have an obligation, but they were putter? Like, yeah, I get it to the... Okay, fine. No, what? Okay, but that... Yeah, I mean, what, what the Gemara doesn't discuss is the mechanics of the Isser here. It was it Usser for them to bring it? Like, we don't... That we don't know. We don't understand exactly what's... What did you say, Danny? No, no. They were saying, well, don't the Levim always participate in the Korban? According to the Sunday, the Rashi says that it was the Levim that paid for the Tamils. I guess the other tribes weren't coughing up the money for the... Yeah, Rashi does say, but I still, again, we have this, we don't have time but on for this, but I, I would be curious as to what the mechanics, like, why... why Okay, we, we've all done a lot of Averas, but I'm saying, and I, and I understand that Vodazar is a biggie, so that's fine. I understand don't bring the Korban, but what does that have to do with Levi paying with the Korban themselves? I don't know. All right, let's get into the other side of the coin. So all of these three shitas, the shita of Beishamai, of Rabbi Shmuel, and Rabbi Eliezer, all of these three shitas were of the opinion that when the Pasuk says, so it's not talking about the, the Korban Atami, it was talking about Olas Riyu. What about Beis Hillel? Hoda Amram, we saw sheets on the previous page. That was how he got out of that question. The question was very simple. Why didn't you register the Bayalu Olos to be Olas Riyah and agree with Beishamai? And there he said, because it wasn't Olas Riyah, it was Olas Tamit. So that sheet that we saw. Rabbi Akiva Hanami da Amram, we saw a sheet a few lines ago where he said, black on white, the Karva Veshuv Lo Paska. And Rabbi Yossi Aglili was the next opinion. Third of the way down, Vavu Mebez, the Tanya, the Bryce writes, Rabbi Yossi Aglili Omer, Shalosh Mitzvos Nitzavu Yisrael Ba'alosam Larega. There were three mitzvos that were commanded to the Jews. When they did Aliyah Larega. 
the Shalmei, the Olas Re'iya, the Shalmei Chagiga, and the Mitzvah of Simcha. And the Gemara says that each one has a uniqueness. Yesh Be'Re'iya, She'en B'Shtehem. There's something unique about Re'iya that doesn't apply to the other two. Yesh Be'Chagiga, She'en B'Shtehem. There's something unique about Chagiga as well. Yesh Be'Simcha, She'en B'Shtehem. Let's go through all three. Says the Gemara, Yesh Be'Re'iya, She'en B'Shtehem. What's the uniqueness of Re'iya that doesn't apply to the other two? Sha'Re'iya, Ola Kula Legvoa, Ma'She'en Kin B'Shtehem. That only by the, the Olas Re'iya, does the entire korban get consumed and go up to a kodesh All of the others are eaten by people as well. Yesh bechagiga. I didn't skip today. No. Yesh bechagiga. Mashein b'shtem. What's the uniqueness of chagiga relative to the other two? It says the Gemara. Shechagiga. Yesh nalif nedibor. That the chagiga that existed prior to matan Torah. Mashein. Mashein b'shtem. Which wasn't true by the others. And yesh besimcha. Mashein b'shtem. Shehash simcha noheges ba'noshem uvin noshem. Mashein b'shtem. That the mitzvah of simcha applies both to men and women. It's uh, seemingly not time bound. However, the other ones are more limited. So that uh, highlights the sheet of Rabbi Yossi Aglidi because he said that chagiga was lifne. Adibor. That's how that's what he holds. The only Chagiga was Lifne Adibor. So that shows us that he is of the same opinion as Beis Hillel. And then uh, we had said about Rabbi Shmo, we quoted his opinion earlier. Rabbi Shmo was on the on the er, earlier side of the coin that when it says the when the Pasik speaks about Olos, that it's referring to Olas Re'iya. So it says the Gemara, hang on one second, we're halfway down. Rabbi Shmuel, my time a kamuk Shamai. Why is it that Rabbi Shmuel was of the opinion that it's like Beishamai, that Olos are referring to Olos Re'iya, not Tamid? Says the Gemara, because we had said that he Salkadaitach, that Olas Sheikrivi Srabah Midbar Olas Tamid Havoy, that had it been the case that the Jews were bringing the Korban Tamid in the Midbar, the Ikamidi, the same argument we saw above, we're going to flip it on its head. Could there be a scenario we had explained earlier that the reason why Rabbi Shmuel was compelled to hold like the Shita of Beishamai, that when the Pasuk speaks about Olos that is talking about Olos Re'i is because it can't be talking about Tamid. Why can't it be talking about Tamid? Because according to Rabbi Shmuel, since only the Klalos were given at Harsina and the Pratos were given later at, at the Oel Moed, therefore the initial phase of the par- Korban Tamid would have been without Hafshit Benitoch because that was only taught later at the Oel Moed. So therefore it can't be that it was the Korban Tamid that was brought. It must be that there was Olas Re'i. Says the Gemara, that's a terrible Argument. The Gemara says two thirds of the way down. Black on white. We have a brisa that clearly indicates that the assumption of Rabbi Shmuel is wrong. Rabbi Shmuel said it's not possible that the korban hatamid was brought initially without hefshet benituach and then later brought with hefshet benituach. We can't have such a. We can't even fathom such an idea. Says Gemara. Yes, we can. Detanya. The brisa writes. Rabbi Yossi Agli Omer. Ola yeah, absolutely. So that means that this Gemara tells us that Rabbi Shmuel is absolutely categorically wrong. You thought there was no possibility of there being multiple phases of the Korban Atamid, where in the beginning you don't do Hafshet Bini Tuach and later you do. Says the Gemara, what does the Gemara say in response to this? Sami Mikan Rabbi Shmuel. Erase the Shita Rabbi Shmuel, he's wrong. Rabbi Shmuel is not even part of this discussion. Whether or not the Psukim say that the Sorry, just in case you can hear me, that um, we it, it couldn't be the case that Rabbi Shmuel is right because we have precedence for the fact that the Korban Atamid could have been brought in different phases. Next, last question for the day, says the Gemara as follows. We don't know exactly how to read the following Pasuk. First, let's read it in its initial text. I'll read it here uh, and translate. The Pasuk says it's a Pasuk from Sefer Shmos. 
and he sent the children of the Bnei Israel by Yalu Olos, and they brought up Olos by Shalamim Lahashem Parim, and they slaughtered. Uh, no, I'm reading the full pasuk right now. The, yeah, the word kvasim is not in the Chumash, and you'll see in a minute why that becomes important. So that's how the pasuk reads by Shalamim Lahashem Parim. So now the Gemara wants to understand. Uh, wants to try and understand this pasuk. Says the Gemara as follows. Do we then say what type of olos were they? They were kvasim. And then the pasuk continues. And then the end of the pasuk, when it comes to the zvachim, when it comes to the shlamim, we're talking about cows. Or perhaps, or maybe we don't split the pasuk and say that the beginning that the olos are talking about kvasim and the, the, the end of the pasuk is talking about cows, the shlamim. Which one is it? So says the Gemara, well, before we bother answering this question, the Mainach Kamina, who cares? So the Gemara answers two different answers. First of all, Marzucha Amar Lepisuk Ta'amim. One is in regards to how we do the cantillation marks. How do you, how do you lay in the pasuk? So just A, we should just know that all of the cantillation marks that we have were done Maruba. They, they were not flippant. It wasn't like, oh, let's put the Tzalisha over here. Everything was done Every Of course, it shouldn't be a surprise, but the laning is not Stam. And that's why some people are super Machbed on Trap. They try to hit every single one. Is it Le'ikuva? The Shulchan Aruch doesn't quote that it's Le'ikuva if you do the Trap wrong. But when a person is kind of just kind of filling in for laning and they don't really know what they're doing, they should know the Esnachta. And the psik, they should know where each pasuk is. The halfway mark, the upside down fishbone, the adnachta, and then the end of the pasuk as well. And everything else, we're not really makbeda. So that's answer number one, is that if in fact kvasim is present, so then we need a psik by the olos, by ya'alu, olos, right, in theory. And then had it been that they were all the same korban, not kvasim, but they were all parim, then we would say, by ya'alu, olos, by ya'alu, parim, all the same, right? We're just going to keep going until we get all the material in. That wouldn't have been the exact job because that was terrible. But you get the point is that we wouldn't have put a comma in the middle. That's answer number one is the reason why we need to know which korbanos the first part of the pasuk we're speaking about was speaking about was in order for uh, for truck. And the second answer of the, the Gemara presents four lines from the bottom of Amar. The difference could be as follows. What if a person accepts a korban upon themselves? The Omer, they say, I'm going to, they make a nether to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that they're going to bring an Ola just like the Jews brought in the Midbar. We don't know what that is. Is that Kvasim or is that Parim? We don't know. So the Gemara says, My, do we say Parim Havu or Kvasim Havu? We don't know. And the Gemara responds with a Teku. We'll stop right here at the very last line and pick up in Mir Hashem tomorrow with Davzain. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Can you language point of view,